Um, Crackalacka. Mmm. It's shocking that we were cold and we're drinking cold beer. It's not shocking at all. Oh. What are we going to drink? Like hot toddies? Dude, I, I can <laughs> go for a hot toddy right now. <laughs> Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. Presented by Cinema Summit. A podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 33 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, and I am Trevor L. Nelson. And I'm Alex Dark, and today we are going to be talking about the debate of art films versus Ooh. commercial oh, films oh, oh, when oh. making a first feature. Whoa, oh, yeah. okay. But first, Trevor, what's yes. happened? We have taken a two-week break from drinking, Yeah, but we're back to drinking, Yep. and uh, this goes into our what's new. We are done with the Kona. Done. Done with the Kona. That is four cases of Kona. It's gone. Um, it took us a while, um, but uh, it felt like a <laughs> felt like a year. <laughs> felt like we've been drinking Kona again. Not that there's anything with, wrong with Kona. No, it's um, delicious. If Kona would like to sponsor us, hey, I would love <laughs> for you guys to give us some, uh, you know, some delicious Kona. Some um, delicious Hawaiian brew from Portland. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I heard there's a clash action co- lawsuit against Hawaiian chips because they're made in Washington. And people are saying that they're marketed as they are from Hawaii. Uh, so there's a class action. People just love to sue. I guess. I mean, I've never really thought about it. Like, do Hawaiian rolls actually get shipped from Hawaii, or do that they make them here? That would just be stupid. Like, That's just, totally stupid. Just, just the style of Hawaiian rolls. They probably make them there too. They probably started there, and then they're like, you know what? Let's make them in the states, but make them there instead. Yeah, it's gonna of- be easier to make them there <laughs> instead of ship them across the ocean. Uh, ocean. Uh, actually, Hawaiian. What is it? What is it? King King's Hawaiian has a restaurant in L.A. So I'm sure they just make it there. Yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Um, so yes, yeah, so we are done with the Kona. Kona, and we are moving on to Coors Light. <sighs> just a classic. The silver bullet. I'm just telling you guys. Classic. Sometimes you got to stick to the classics and everything will be much better. It's kind of nice um, to have a light beer because all these other, the Konas we've been drinking have been IPAs. and no, super heavy. Yeah. Super heavy. Um, so big fan of this. Um, uh, you know, we're, uh, we got the 30 rack. We're going strong. Yeah, so Big we're gonna fan. be drinking this for another forty years too. <laughs> if we if it takes us as long to drink a thirty pack of Coors Light as it did to drink four cases of Kona, we have a big big problem. Yes, we do. Yeah, um, if it takes us a week to finish it, we have another big problem. A bigger problem. <laughs> seeing most that we're not here, yeah. Seeing that we're not here as much, so yeah, big problem. <laughs> um, so what's new with us, Alex? What's new? Well, our new filmmaking community oh, fearless filmmakers yeah. now has over a thousand members it's, what we're, we're almost at 1300 actually man that is crazy which is crazy i mean we just opened the doors right before thanksgiving yeah and, and didn't expect many people to sign up for thanks during thanksgiving because it's thanksgiving yeah but um yeah that's they've been trickling in I, I like it. And you know what? Not only have they been trickling in, but they've been active. They've been like, you know, putting up stuff. We had somebody today ask us to make a new group for the females in the community, which is great. We love to hear people asking us to uh, improve it and add yeah, exactly. more. So uh, big ups. Pretty cool. And uh, yeah, everyone seems really 
like nice and passionate about filmmaking and excited to be there and it's really cool. Super so, cool. Big fan. If you want to join, it's free. It's free. Oh, surprise. Surprise. Because uh, um, we don't make any money. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> Never do. Um, check out fearlessfilmmakers.com and you can join for free. Yeah, do it, guys. Do it, guys. And, uh, you know, we have an area that you can talk about the podcast each episode. Um, yep. So do that. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, we are, uh, we're pretty stoked about it. Pretty happy with it. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I yeah. Mean, um, we're hoping to keep improving it. I mean, we just started, like we yeah. said, so there might be a few kinks, a few hiccups and stuff, but we're working through it and it's all good. And anyone who came to this podcast from Fearless Filmmakers, we are trying to answer everyone's messages and yeah. questions and trying to be good moderators. Um, you know, we get in the, we, uh, we fall, fall short sometimes. I know I do. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, yeah. I've managed to stay pretty on top of it because I pretty much respond to people almost immediately. So it's like I get batches of like five or six messages instead of like 30. Yeah. And once you get the 30 mark, I'm just like, I just sit there and I'm like, I can't do this. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Um, but yeah, so uh, join it. Make it, uh, make it even better by uh, becoming a member of it. Yeah. Um, also, uh, it's cold in L.A., that's, it a, is. that's an update. I don't know. You know, it, this is this My is feet are numb. <laughs> Number than usual. Yeah, our little studio isn't the greatest thing in the world. We love it. It gives us a p- place to go and get our work done and store our equipment and shoot stuff. Yeah. But it is really bad in the insulation. Terrible, in the summer, in it's fact. super hot, and in the winter, it's super cold, even for LA standards. Um, yeah. Uh, we have. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad saying this. I feel like a wimp because I'm from Minnesota originally. I've lived I lived in Minnesota longer than I've lived in LA, but it's getting close to where it's about the same. Um, and I have become a wimp. I, you know, it was like 54 degrees here, and I talked to my parents back home. They're like, "Yeah, it's negative two. I'm like, "Oh, that's bad." And then they're like, "You're cold." I see you and your wife are all bundled up on Skype. I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "What's the temperature?" I'm like, "60." They're like, "Get the hell out of here!" Yeah, <laughs> we're disowning you. Yeah, but they have heat. That's true. That's true. That's that's a good point. Um, yeah. Their their apartment is probably a toasty eighty three. Well, so don't even give me that. Oh, it's negative two. No, it's not. It's not negative two where you are, pops. My mom, my mom and dad are like, how? What do you think of us if we live in an apartment at our age? <laughs> no, their old folks' home keeps it a nice toasty, toasty eighty two degrees. Um, I yeah. mean, they have a fireplace, and my mom b- b- burns like sure. logs all the time. So I'm not, I don't feel bad for them. And they're yeah. retired, so they don't have to go out if they don't want to. So it's on them. It's whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. And they're retired, so they could move anywhere they wish. Exactly. They could just be cruising in the. Car- the Caribbean right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's not going to happen because they are my brother's glorified babysitter all the time. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we have, you know, funny story. Uh, me and Alex win a lot of things from auctions. And uh, speaking of it's cold in here, we have a little heater. Yeah. Um, it's a little fake fireplace that we, that, you know, turns on, has a nice little fake flame. Little glowing and all that. embers. Yeah. And uh, we remember, I remember getting it. Me and Alex went and picked it up for the auction. I was just talking about this today. This is a great story. So we got all this stuff, and then they're like, you know, uh, I think the description said, like, fake fireplace heater, heat an entire room easily, blah, blah, blah. So we're like, oh, man, this is going to be big. It's like it's supposed to be Wait, fake. Thought, yeah, it looks like a pot belly stove, like a cabin type thing. Yeah. And, and like, I expected it to be life-size. Yeah, and so we're, we're loading everything up. They're like, hey, guys, we'll be right back with your heater. And we're like, oh, crap. Like, everything else is done. What do they have to do? And... Just so happens at that moment, the forklift 
comes around the corner and we're like, oh my God, they need to get a forklift for this thing. We're screwed. This thing is like yeah. solid iron. Like we are entirely and completely screwed. Like there's nothing we can do about this. I don't even know how we're going to unload it from our car. And so right behind it, about two minutes later behind the forklift comes this guy carrying this thing that's about the size of a trash can, a trash can <laughs> and not, not like a big one, but like a, like one you would put under your sink. Yeah. And so, uh, we were both at the same time excited that it wasn't huge and at the same time very disappointed that it was that tiny and that we got all worked up for nothing. Um, I was I was more disappointed that it was that tiny and that it wouldn't look really cool. <laughs> it doesn't in, look cool at all, guys. <laughs> it looks so you, dumb. You know, we always constantly say we're going to put up pictures of, you know, shit. So maybe I'll post a picture in this episode on Fearless Filmmakers of our, of our little heater um, and let you guys all bask in the glory that it is. So dumb. Um, okay, so uh, another thing that's new, uh, we're shooting a short scene this weekend. A uh, friend of Alex's, uh, Luca, is coming to our studio. We're going to shoot here. Um, why is that important? Well, we're going to get to play with our camera again. We haven't mm -hmm. busted out the V35 in a long time. Uh, pretty excited for that. And it's not our thing, so we aren't like we don't have as much pressure as we normally do. Yeah, we're just going to light it, make it look good, and yep. everyone else will be doing everything else, which is nice. Yeah, love it, love it, love it, love it. So, yeah, doing that this weekend. Looking forward to it. We'll let you know how it goes. Yep. And uh, new for me, I'm getting uh -huh. a new laptop because yeah. mine um, is biting the dust, as they say. A boom, boom, boom. I, uh, Another one bites the dust. I had to take it into, like, I've never, ever had to take a computer into, like, a repair place. Like <laughs> You've never had a Mac. <laughs> That's true. Mac suck. That's true. I never have. But I had to take this laptop in because it was having issues, like, it would just stop working. Its mother didn't love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. It just wouldn't yes. power on, hmm. ever. That's a and then it would just, like, flashlights at me. And I would like pull out the uh, the memory, stick it back in, swap them. Damn, I would like sucks. dust, you know, blow the can air in there. That sucks. Dust it out. Nothing. And um, you know, it's been a recurring problem. I took it in, they fixed it, and it worked pretty well for a good month or two. That's cool. But now it's back again, and um, so it's time to get a new. Did laptop. you bring it back in? No. Okay. So yeah. you're just going to... It works when it's hooked up to your dock at the studio, right? It does. It works okay. on the dock. So I'm just going to leave it here as like yeah. a, an editing graphics. Nice. Because it's a pretty nice, nice one. But, nice. Uh, but yeah. Okay. A little sweet. Got a new... It's a, it's a yoga. Oh. oh. You're so LA. Yeah. I'm going to get a kale. Are you? <laughs> Maybe. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So, okay. Well, cool. I mean, I mean USB-C... All that kind of stuff. Yeah, Thunderbolt. Big three. fan of that. That's cool. And um, the reason I wanted one like this is because, you know, I'm so used to, So the other ones that Trevor and I have are the HP ZBooks, which are really oh, great man. workstation laptops for anyone looking. Uh, yeah. We had a couple questions about that Yeah. Uh, in the Fearless Filmmakers. But, um, yeah, we have the ZBooks, and they're great. And the new ones look awesome. But if you, like, if you, you know, spec that out, you're looking at like six grand, seven grand Man. for like a loaded out. Yeah, which thing. isn't isn't you know, it's worth it. But if you don't aren't doing some heavy editing, which you don't do a lot of post editing work, I don't. Um, I do a lot of graphics work, which which is should know. be fine for that. I do a lot of a lot of freaking um, post work. 
um, and editing. So I need that kind of a powerful laptop. But um, I think I think this one will definitely be better for you. Yeah, really, all I want it for is to be able to take it somewhere and like work on websites and that's um, not bad. That's I mean, you know, do well, things that don't necessarily require like super heavy lifting on the computer side. Yeah, and that will allow the computer itself to be a little bit more compact and lightweight and mobile and yeah. have better battery life because yeah. that's one thing with my current laptop it's just so bad i mean i Dude, i dread people being like hey let's go meet up at starbucks and work on something and i'm Who like oh that? god i i have to find like i have to bring my whole power supply <laughs> and the power supply is huge yeah and then find like an outlet because otherwise my computer's dead in like an hour and a half let me guess that's logan saying that yeah, Logan. No, not really. Logan. God, let's Logan. be honest. It's Bree. <laughs> yeah, let's go and work on stuff. No, well, now you have no excuse. Before you could be like, my I, laptop. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I just didn't want to do it with my laptop. It was yeah. a pain in the butt. That's fair. I actually, I I wish that, uh-huh. or I've always kind of like enjoyed the thought of it. You of know, like working, like going going outside working and like at the working. Shop. That's not a song, Trevor. <laughs> I guess you did that for um Car Wash. Wow, Car Wash. Wow. <laughs> wow, I really Okay, keep going. No, no. We're, we're moving on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. I guess you did that so we wouldn't get sued. Yeah, there That's you go. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Saving yeah. our ass. But yeah, I've always kind of wanted to do that, you know, go to like a coffee shop or yeah. like go to the park or whatever and just like work on things and not, go to the not par- have a care oh, in the man. world. I don't know if I could go to a park and work on things. I think I'd be like well, you're right, because I actually don't, I couldn't, like, if there wasn't a place for me to sit, yeah. I'm not, game over. Yeah, I think for me, it's just I'm not allowed in parks until the pending case is figured out. That's true. Um, but uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully That's soon. True. That'd be pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, okay, so Alex has got a new laptop. I, I'm only moving on because we've talked, like, how long we've been just, like, to what's new? 35 minutes we've... No way! No, <laughs> that no, would be really. horrible! <laughs> no wonder we have such low listenership if that's the <laughs> shit we talk about for 35 minutes. I know. One of my favorite comments about the podcast when I shared it in like in a, on Facebook was <laughs> some guy was like, I tried listening to it. Um, they didn't oh, talk about yeah. filmmaking, so yeah. I turned it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, that's true. Welcome to the podcast, guys. <laughs> the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast for the first 30 minutes, five minutes. We talked about heaters. <laughs> yeah, we talked about absolutely nothing film Cone related. beer. And uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> so yes. Um, all right. So Alex is getting a new laptop, and that's going to move us on to the t- main topic at hand. Main topic. So you're sitting around, guys, and you want to make that first feature. I mean, hell, even the first short but or even like a second feature i guess it's not super dependent on that when you're when you're still when you're you're trying to break in yeah you're you're doing it independently still you're not getting studio money you're not doing anything like that you're just still still scraping scraping by not Um, even yeah but also not even that it's like you're doing something that will lead to the next project you know that you want to i didn't use this word but you want to be your calling card yeah where a stepping stone a a calling card you want it to be something that then will lead you to be a hired for something. A lily pad. A lily pad to leap to the next project. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people ask, what what should you go for? Should you go for this really cool artsy thing that you have, you know, that is like your passion project? Or should you go to something that's a little more um, commercial that you could maybe bring to AFM or get a sales agent that's like, hey, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's sell this movie. Yeah. Um, and that is the debate we're going to talk about today. 
Um, yeah. So let's start off with the leaning towards the artistic and the cool. Yeah. Um, so there's some positive and negative to this. This is kind of like your, I mean, I'm trying to think of like an indie film that was kind of like the... Oh, Mandy. 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 There you go, Mandy. Um, if anybody hasn't seen Mandy, go check it out. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, it's Alex hasn't even seen it yet. Um, no. But it is really cool. It's really crazy. Um, not what I expected, and I expected it to be crazy, but it was even crazier than I thought. Yeah. Um, but the thing about Mandy, which maybe it doesn't, it doesn't actually fall into this because it does check certain boxes. Well, see, that's the thing. That's what we should get into after is that you can do a, a mix of both. You can do a mix um, of both. But I guess if we were talking about like... Super just like artsy fartsy. Like, I mean, you know what you could say? Tangerine. Tangerine was a movie yeah. that was done on the iPhone. Its subject wasn't really mainstream. It was about transgender pro- prostitutes. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a very mainstream, but the director really wanted to get the story out there and really wanted to make this movie. And so he made it on an iPhone and he made it super stylized and he made it about a story that isn't really commercial. Like not many people are going to buy a movie about transgender people right now. Maybe down the line. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's niche. It's niche. There you go. Um, another one would be uh, Upstream Color. Upstream Color, or even um, his first Primer. Primer. Yeah. Primer. Um, and so, the way we look at it, the way I look at it, is that if you have a project that is this artistic and cool thing, it's probably something you're passionate about. It's probably a style you really like, or it's probably something uh, like a technique that you really want to try out. And so, that passion will probably lead you to put more time and effort into. It, if it's like a, I hate to say this because everyone says this shit, it's, if it's a passion project, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if. Yeah, I think especially like early on in in, yeah. in this early stages, like you have to have passion for it. You can't, it's going to be hard to make a project that you don't like or you don't, uh, you're not excited about when you don't really even know if it's going to make money or you're going to get money yeah. from it. Because at this point, it's nothing's like certain. Even if you check all the boxes that you're supposed yeah. to check, it could still not make money. You still could work on it for multiple years and never finish it because, you know, things happen. But And that's the thing is that it, it, uh, the, the, one of the biggest positives of doing like this artistic and cool thing that you really have a vision for is that, you know, for the first or second feature you do, you're probably going to be working another job. You're probably going to be doing something else to make money. You're editing or you're, you know, filming Larry King sure. or you're doing, <laughs> you know, begging your parents for money or yeah. um, selling your body. Uh, for money, but sure. um, uh, to medicine, yeah, to medicine, yeah, it's to medicine. <laughs> I have so many needle pricks in my arm. Um, not cocaine, not heroin. <laughs> no, 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 so, no, 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 no. Um, but he's uh, just really bad at, <laughs> at stitching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just constantly get my blood tested just to make sure I'm safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're gonna probably have to work, and so you're. It's it's one of those things where if you don't have passion for it. Or if you do have passion for it, if you have a lot of passion for it, you'll be able to pull yourself off the couch on a Saturday when you've had a long day of working or a long week of working and be like, you know what, I need to keep filming. Yeah. Um, and that'll help you get your project done because it's something you believe in. It's something like every once in a while when me and Alex are writing a script, we have like certain scenes that we really want to do because we're like, oh my God, this scene would be so sweet. We have a short that we're going to be doing after the first of the year that we're going to try and raise some money for. And there's a scene and a technique that I really want to give do, and I'm excited for it. And that's what's yeah. getting me excited to do it. Um, our first feature that we're writing, um, 
there is a couple techniques that we want to do, like a long shot that just stitches video together to make it one continuous shot with the same actress in different locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what kind of excites us about it, as well as another shot that we want to do and some kind of, you know, editing and visual effects that kind of warp the reality of the, the story. And that kind of gets us going. It's like, yeah, um, let's, let's do this. This is going to be fun. Yeah. And I think also, um, we say artistic and cool. Yeah. But I also kind of mean, um, Maybe like a straight drama, you know? Yeah. But like a, a edgy kind of gritty straight drama that doesn't necessarily have like a, an, a built-in audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I love those movies. I do too. I, and television shows. Those are the ones that I'm like really drawn to. I'm and completely with you. Style-wise, you know? It's almost like the things that I like about films and filmmaking, what I'd like to do mostly is, mm-hmm. is um, take like horror imagery and yeah. dramatic stories yeah. and kind of combine them together. Cause I love like horror and the horror imagery, but it's most of, I would say like 99% of horror movies I don't think are very good. Like story wise. Yeah. yeah. They're just trying to get the scare out of you. So I feel like you can do, uh, you can get the good by moving more in the drama direction. You know, but still keeping the the imagery and some of like the sound design stuff and some of the cool things that horror does. That's fair. And that's kind of to me that would fall in line like if it didn't have certain actors and and stuff like that, which it might not. Which it might not. I think that would fall more into like the artistic world because dramas are you know yeah one of they're the most highly produced genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot and of comp- th- stiff competition. And I think that they dramas tend to think that they're telling a really good story, so they tend to be very bland visually. Yeah. Um, and so if you're able to spruce it up a little bit... Exactly. That really st- sets it apart from everything. Totally. I think a perfect example of that, even though it did also have Ryan Gosling in it, was Drive. I mean, <laughs> ba- basically, that's just a drama. Yeah. I know people that were upset about it because they thought they were sold a different movie uh, <sighs> because they were expecting like kind of a racing, driving movie. And I was like, well, it didn't really... I don't know. I didn't think it sold itself as that, but I didn't either. I thought at the end yeah. of the day, that's just like a that's like a drama, a little yeah. bit of crime, yeah, you know, but with a really cool style. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you on that, and and I think I, I thought the movie was great, partially because of the style. I mean, the, the story was good. It's kind of n- nothing amazing, but right. I think, uh, oh God, I'm gonna screw up his name. Nicholas... I know. I never know if it's winding or winding. Winding. It's the English language yeah. really screwing with us right there. <laughs> but I, th- I I think he's a perfect example of, like... I I watch his movies because of how stylized they are and how cool they look. Like, yeah. um... Neon Demon. Only God Forgives. Yeah. I mean, you know, not the best. It was okay. It was kind of weird in some spots. My wife yeah. was like, this is kind of weird. But I was just sitting there like, this looks awesome. Looks like, so good. looks so good. And that kind of brings us to our next point of like doing an artistic and cool movie. Is that it kind of lets people know your desire and style. Um, you know, it, people hate to admit it, but Hollywood and the film industry is very is very big on pigeonholing people. Because they, want to, they don't want to take... A, it's already a risky business, so they want to reduce risk as much as they can. Yeah. So they want to hire you for exactly what they know you can do. So if you want to do these movies like uh, Drive and Only God Forgives and Neon Demon and all that, 
that if you do your first movie like that, people will know what to expect from you. And yeah. so you'll be getting future jobs that they're like, I like your style. I like the, your imagery and I like the way you shoot. Um, so, you know, you, it, it's positive and negative. You're pigeonholing yourself into that style, but at the same time, you get to make movies the way you want to because your first movie was made the way you want it to be, with nothing else in mind except, I think this is really cool and this is how I want it to be. That's true. I do feel like the the more like artistic directors and whatnot, they get, unlike other people who get p- pigeonholed into like, I shoot... Um, you know, teen comedies or mm-hmm. something. Uh, I think the art, more artistic directors can get pigeonholed into the they do what they want That's world, true. which yeah. is kind of an okay place to be if what you want happens to be pretty cool and everyone thinks so as well. <laughs> that, that tends to help a lot. <laughs> yeah, because then it's like, oh, well, we know that he's you know going to do some crazy stuff. Yeah, or you know, do some interesting things, but we're not going to necessarily like. You know, put a leash on him and make him do what we want which to because he he does his thing, and yeah. that's kind of a good place to be. Yeah, which is super, which is super, super helpful and super kind of reassuring that you can kind of like do what you want to do and right. know that nobody's gonna like. I would say you know, man the puppet strings and tell you yeah, what to exactly. do and do everything like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so it definitely it definitely helps you kind of announce yourself and this is how I am going to be as a filmmaker because Tangerine was a very specific style and while his next movie after that the Florida Project was different because it was shot on professional cameras and stuff like that it still had the same look as Tangerine the colors um, all stuff like that and a very unique interesting look and definitely something that you could point to and say hey look at this look at this guy that's Mm -hmm. what I want for my next project check out this dude that's kind of a cool part of it yep Um, but also with cool style and crazy stuff, you may have a little bit more freedom. Yeah. Um, to not necessarily like mess up, but you know you can buck conventional filmmaking techniques. Yeah. Like you can yeah. like if, you know they always say like never break the one eighty rule. But you know what? If you establish one eighty rule and then break it and then do that for the rest of the time, like you're you're good. Like if they yeah. know that's what you're doing. Exactly. I feel like the only people that say never break the 180 rule are like film professors. Professors, yeah, cuz learn the basics and then break them. Exactly. Um you know, I, it comes to my mind is is uh Mr. Robot. Now, this was a TV show, but if you guys watched that, the composition of the shots was totally wonky and weird. Like it was there weird. was there was times when you just got the top of the like just the top like the middle the the bottom of the frame cut the characters uh, face off at the, in the middle of the eyes. Yeah. And it was like, what is going on? I don't even understand. And it was just the style that was, was made apparent from the first episode. Yeah, and it, uh, it totally worked, I think. I mean... Oh, God, yeah. I mean, that... I love the look of Mr. Robot. And then his his newest one, uh, Homecoming, Homecoming, is also a very interesting style. Now, I haven't seen that yet. So the the trailer or the preview makes it seem like it goes from like normal widescreen to like vertical video. It's not. It is. Yeah. It's. It's weird because it's not like a normal aspect ratio. Okay. It's not vertical video like it's from a cell phone. Okay. And it's not four by three. Okay. It's a little bit more narrow than four by three. I would say. I mean, I think I'm just guesstimating. Okay. But um, yeah, it goes back and forth between those hmm. during different when they jump in time. Interesting. Now, okay, so it's a jump in time. So it is used for like a like a storytelling purpose. Yeah, but okay. what's very interesting about it is you would assume 
the four by three type thing is the past, yeah. but it's actually the future. Do they try and hide it, or is it pretty apparent that it's the future? Like they're not trying to be no, no, cheeky about a, it. It's apparent, yeah. Okay, you, you know that it's the future. Interesting. And then, and then they also not only do they do they squish the aspect ratio, but they do kind of old school techniques. For example, um, they do the a lot of zooms. Really. Like slow zoom in on characters like at the desk. Not even a push in. It's an apparent it's, zoom. It's a yeah. It's a definite wow. zoom. Wow. And they Damn. do it a lot. They do it a Damn. lot. Damn. So it's really interesting, you know. And you know, obviously, like we're talking about it now. So I guess that works. It worked in its out. Favor. Yeah. And so you're able to kind of get away and experiment a little bit more if you do something that's artistic and cool. As long as you're not doing it just for the sake of experimenting. If you're doing it to to help the story or to to add a style to the story, great. Don't yeah. do it just to be weird. Exactly. You have to have like a clear vision, I think, of mm-hmm. what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have a little bit of leeway there. If it doesn't quite work out, I mean, it's a choice. Yeah. And you can say, you know what? I made a choice. Made a choice. Didn't work, but hey, I made a choice. Yeah. Um, and also kind of like if you are, especially if this is your first feature, your budget's going to be a little constrained. And so you might want to lean to doing something more artistic and cool because you can kind of... Budget constraint, uh, constraints breed creativity. So you, you'll you have to come up with some new, unique ways to do things um, because you don't have the money to do it. Or you'll have, yeah. like, like Tangerine, you'll have to shoot on an iPhone or something like that. Um, yeah. And that's just, uh, that's just because the budget's not there and that's what you have to do. But it kind of allows you to kind of play around with things and come up with new solutions. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think stylized things... Your certain types of style, I mm-hmm. should say, lend itself more to lower budget because it's going to be harder to create like a polished, shiny look. Yeah. Um, for mm-hmm. an entire Definitely. film. Yep. 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 Um, that's consistent. I mean, you're going to have a hard time. So I like the gritty, the uh, handheld stuff. What's that movie with um, Howard the Duck? Twilight guy. Good time. Good times. Good times. Yeah. That one had like a really cool gritty style to it handheld lots of interesting yeah. stuff like low lighting I haven't seen that I, another person just told lighting. me that's good is that a good movie it's, it's really good really okay I gotta check yeah. it out I, I, check I it wasn't out. sure I didn't, I didn't think the trailer looked great alright but Graham con- Graham actually told me that it was really good you've convinced me and then I watched it and it was better than good so yeah well fine you've convinced me there we go moving on um, um, yeah then, I mean yeah I mean it's kind of one of those things where me and Alex have shot a bunch of stuff on no budget, hence the no budget filmmaking oh. podcast. Oh. And it's kind of the thing is like when you're making something and you really want to get a shot off, but you have no budget, you have to figure out a great way to do it. Because a lot of times people won't say, won't give, not give up, but just won't, I, you know, I'll say, they won't give up on a shot that they really want or a sequence that they really want. No matter how much you say it's going to cost, if they were doing a normal budget, yeah. so you have to come up with a good way of, uh, you know, like crawling under a house and putting a, a slider under the house next to a, a, a dead raccoon body, yeah. um, and mm-hmm. you know, figuring out how you can make it look like it's a, like they're running into a basement. That we've done that before, um, and so if yeah. you are constrained by the budget, it's almost like the budget will determine that you want to do it artsy and cool because. That's the only way you can hide some constraints that the budget yep. doesn't allow. That's true. Um, so um, budget breeds creativity. A low budget breeds creativity, which leads to an artistic and cool kind of movie. Totally. 
And then I'd also say that with the artistic, you have a more relaxed metric of success, meaning uh, with a yeah, commercial with a commercial movie, mm-hmm. there's a pretty clear metric where it's it's like yeah. this movie either made money or it did not. Yeah. With a an artistic movie. I feel like there's multiple different types of metrics you could go by. Like, oh, did this movie make you like feel something? There's one. Uh, did you think it looked cool? That's kind of like People a second metric. Talking about it. Uh, yeah. Did it get into festivals? Yeah. Did it win festivals? Yeah. And I mean, even if it's like, even if it's a commercial movie, they don't really care about festivals. Even if it did do festivals, you know, it's like festivals yeah. are kind of like it's just like how much money did it make. Yeah, and and so I know you're you're totally spot on. It's like there's so many other ways you can say a film is successful, and you, you go as far as hey, it got me another job. Yeah, it got me. I I was able to sell my next script or something like that, and that's a pretty damn good measure of success. Yeah, and I think if you can successfully make an artistic movie that makes sense, a mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a big a, one. That's a biggie. That's, that's a, big a biggie. One. Not everyone can. Uh... Yeah, it's got to make sense. Yep. Um, and that uh, caught the attention of an audience, mm-hmm. whether it go no, ma- on. no matter where it was. Yeah, um, I mean, those are two great things to be able to show people. You know, whether or not it makes money at all. Yeah, the fact that you can make a complete movie that has like a clear vision that is unique and caught the attention of an audience. I mean, that's really cool. I think, and that's pretty important, especially if you're looking for that next job. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they're, they want to make sure that people, that the movie you make is going to be well received, maybe not financially, but at least, you know, it's kind of one of those things is right around this time when the movies come out, getting ready for the Oscar push, they're not expecting them to do great, uh, financially. Um, right. they just want them to be a good movie, like, and, and get some awards. Right. Um, and so that, that helps. To kind of that's when you see the movies that if they're not super touching like Green Book or something like that they're you know they're a little different they're yeah. a little stranger um, totally and just saw unique. the trailer for that uh, Natalie Portman movie <sighs> looks a little strange a little, a little unique love it I, I'm I'm in I didn't think I was gonna be in but I'm in yeah I'm I'm totally, I'm totally in. in totally in and Sign that's the thing that I find okay here's the real deal uh oh and coming, this is guys. probably just me I mean uh-huh. or like filmy people I don't know yeah. But just if you have like a lineup of trailers, yeah, and the ones the ones that say. I'm really drawn to are the ones that have like cool composition, mm-hmm. like unique colors, and like different, uh, you know, things that aren't like mainstream. Mainstream, I guess, but you know, they could even conventional. be conventional. Like, con- yeah. yeah, but uh, the like super commercially VFX heavy, like. Uh, Avengers trailers. I mean, I still like those movies. Yeah. I still like the trailers, but they don't stand out to me as like, oh man, I God. really have to see this right now. I'm so excited. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. I, mean, I think, you know, and that's where trailers can be a little misleading, but I do think that you're right on that, where it's like, I like the thing, like, like, I think the best trailer, nah, I don't know if this is a, I can say this with all honesty, um, but, I was stoked at Sorry to Bother You because it was just so unique. When I saw that yeah. trailer, I was like, sign me the F up. I want to go now. I want to see this. This looks awesome. Totally. Um, and I felt so, the same way about um, The Signal. The Signal, yep. And Ex Machina. 
Ex Machina. Yeah, you're right on that one. That one was sick. Yeah. Yep. And also, oh, what's the uh, what's the Joaquin Phoenix one that just came out? The one where he takes a hammer and beats people. Yeah. yeah. Um. Exactly. I was, I was never really here. Yeah, we were never really here. Or something we were never like that. here. Um. I saw that one. How and was that one, by the way? I liked it. Okay. I, I liked it a lot. All right. Um, but that. that trailer, again, really, really piqued my interest. Mm. Um, I got to see that one. I a Cure for one. Wellness. Yes. Man, one of the best trailers ever. Movie. Meh. But, but it got you to see it. Yeah. Exactly. Got you to see it. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, those are the kind of things that you can kind of... Which should kind of lean you towards doing an artistic slash cool slash unique movie. Yeah. But at the flip side, not that there's anything wrong with doing an artistic and cool, there's also the commercial success ones. Yeah. The ones that are, are kind of guaranteed to probably make your um, your uh, investors a little happier. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. That, I guess we didn't even talk about that. It's probably going to be easier to raise money for a commercial yeah. project than it is for an artistic project. Um, yeah, but yeah, so commercial and profitable, if that's your goal, um, you know, you got a lot of things going for you in that, in that world because, well, uh, the industry, they like the monies. They, oh man, guys, if you haven't figured this out yet, I hate to break it to you. The movie business is exactly that. It's a business. It is. Um, it is, and nothing will crush your artistic dreams more than going to a place oh. like AFM and seeing the, all the movies that are out. Because there's thousands of them at any given moment, and um, oh, most of them, I would say, fall into the uh, attempting to be commercial than than more so than the artistic yeah, side. That's pretty spot on there, and um, you know. So if you want if you want to go that route, I mean, there's certain boxes you need to check. You need yep. to get like the the actor that's bankable mm-hmm. internationally, mm-hmm. not just domestically. Yep. And see, this is where this is now we're getting to the where Mandy checks both his boxes because Mandy was artistic and cool. It's it really was. weird. Um, it's really unique. It's stylized the shit out of it. it. You know, it's one of those movies that doesn't care if it doesn't look realistic, even though it's trying to live in a world that we live in, where yeah. like the colors are weird. The, like all of a sudden he's in his house and like it goes all red, and it's like, well, that wouldn't really happen because it's showing his emotion. It's surreal, um, and that was the the artistic and cool. But it got Nick Cage. I mean, yeah, Nick and, Cage, and and um, I mean, this go. The marketing materials are just crucial for these yes. things. Mm-hmm. So you can have, you know, a movie like Mandy, which isn't an action movie, I don't think, right? There's not a lot of action in it. No. Uh, but they show him making, like, a battle axe of some kind, and there's, I mean, like, bikers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the beginning, there's not a lot of action, but then it really, yeah, it really gets going. Okay. Um, I um, mean, you're talking about, like, um, like... They don't show that. This is what's crazy. They don't show this on the trailer. Yeah. And I don't want to give too much away because you haven't seen it. You definitely need to watch it. You, sure. I, I just gave access to it for you. Um, oh, man. Um, they. He encounters a bicycle gang of like these Mad Max type guys. Yeah, I do remember that from the trailer. Okay. Um, and Out in the woods. That is what he battles. He battles them first and then the cult that took his, his girlfriend. Right. Um, 
You're going to be, I'm interested to see what, what you think about what propels him to go after them. Okay. Um, because it's not what you think. Okay. Um, uh, but it does, become, it does become a lot of action. But that being said, the trailer really plays more on the, like, the brutality of it all and not the action as much. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to make um, a commercially viable film, you also have to take into account like certain genres are going to yeah. be more appealing yep. uh, in a greater yeah. uh, in a greater number of territories. You're going to you know? probably want to do a horror Maybe or, do a sci-fi. Yeah, or a sci-fi, or you know, there's certain genres, and they they change all the time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like period movies, are really good. Sometimes, um, uh, like certain sects of horror are better than yep. others. You know, like a creature oh. feature versus like a paranormal. You know, like right now, paranormal's better. Yeah. Uh, or maybe slasher or something. Yeah. You know? um, so you got to know kind of like what, uh, where yeah. to where to go for, it and, and then th- that's a problem because if you're doing it for profit, you got to kind of guess what's going to be hot when your movie's made because you got to you got to start thinking in two years when this movie finally comes out, if it's going to take you that long. We ter- we one reason we tend to try and make our movies in like a year or sure. less is because we can stay stay within the what's hot in the genre department, but you got to guess what's going to be hot in two years when your movie comes out or a year. And you, yeah. if you, if you do a creature feature and creature features are out by the time your movie's released, it's going to bomb. And yeah. it's like, damn it. I, it. But when I made this, it was all about creature features, baby. I know. And that's why a lot of people partner with sales agents um, yeah. during even like the development process. So they can go to the sales agent and say, Hey, I want to make a creature feature. <laughs> These are five actors that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, here's the basic story. Uh, what do you think? And then they'll send it off to their distributor distributor connections. And um, yeah. they'll say, okay, yeah, we'd be interested in this movie for this much with these act with this actor in mm-hmm. it or whatever. And they give you that information and then you go off and make it. A lot is dictated by that. So if you want, like, that's the thing that kind of constrains you about a profitable movie. You want an actor in there that no, not many, not many people know, and not many people will go see based on name. They're going to say no because you need to have some names in there that will sell tickets. Yeah, yeah, and that sucks. And then obviously, I think um, with a commercial project, you need to be at a certain budget level. I yeah, mean, it's really hard to make something for under like a million dollars really. And that's why when, when something that's made under a million dollars makes a bunch of money, it's such a big deal because it rarely happens. Yeah. It's very rare. And very rare. Difficult and unpredictable. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. And so I'd say, you know, even, you know, 2.5 million is kind of the sweet spot, I think for yeah. that type of thing. So I'd go with that if, if that's what you're trying to do, yeah. which is tough. I mean, if you're coming at it with, no other experience. That's why it's a little bit more difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I was having a debate about this with yourself the other day. In the mirror? Yeah. Oh. Uh, in my opinion, the best thing for a first feature or like someone who doesn't have the access to that funding because they haven't done a movie before okay. is an artistic movie. Yes, 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 yes. I'm with you on that. But... You know, it's kind of funny. 
if you if we go back and listen to this the first half of this podcast, you I could easily say that you were going to ch- say that because all we've done is said the horrible things about making a commercial movie because it's, it's like, not horrible. Uh, yeah, no, but we, but we also have to talk about that there are some positives to making a commercial movie. Well, of course there's positives. You make money with yes, the movie. Yes, which is hard. That's like the biggest yeah. positive. Uh, and then the other positive that we also already kind of touched on is that it's going to be easier to get investors for that movie because yeah. you're going to have distributors already signing off on it. You're going to have name talent that they've heard of. You know, you're going to have all these things that will make it way more likely, even though, again, it's still not certain that it's going to make money, but it's all about sort of hedging your bets in that in that way. Yeah, and also, it's also one of those things where if you come out with a movie that's a, like a commercial movie and it's profitable, you're probably going to be trusted to make more bigger budget movies. Um, you know, right. there, there's always the James Gunn who went from like kind of profitable, not really, and kind of smaller movies to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, there's but, a couple of those, and that was, yeah. that was like a... A strange phenomenon that happened like in a span of a couple of years. Yeah, where they're looking for new really, voices hasn't really happened as much since. That's true. If you've noticed, that's true. No, you're right. You're right. Um, um, but I guess you know another one would be uh, Ryan Coogler, right? Ryan Coogler. Yep, he did a you know drama, low budget, did yep. great, and then he moved on to Creed, and Black then Panther, Colin Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow didn't really work out for him a little bit because yeah. he's been dropped on some. And then, and then um, the Josh Trank, Trank, yeah. Trank? Mm-hmm. he did Chronicle, and everyone's like, boom, love it. Get me get me Josh Trank for Fantastic Four. We're going to redo Fantastic Four. It's going to be amazing. And it didn't work out very well. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where the reason they were able to do that is because they made a commercial movie. Josh Trank's was a little... I would say it was a little... Chronicle was a little on the teetering on the edge of commercial. It was more commercial, I'd say. I mean, like I just the, just it was like high concept. Yeah, that's true. And and on top of that, it was one of those where he was able to pull it off for such a small budget that they were like, "Oh, well, we don't need to make much money for it to be profitable." Yeah. And so that kind of got him Fantastic Four, which didn't really work out. And I don't. I'm actually going to look this up. I don't even know if he has done anything since then. He just burnt out from that. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a year. He's your age, so shoot me. Um, <laughs> and he's the newest one he's doing. He, he does have a new movie. It's called. Oh well. All right. Well, you know what? Fuck my face. Uh, it, it seems to have worked out for him. Never mind. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you want to know? Sure. He is currently finishing up. What he wrote and directed, Fonzo, about the 47-year-old Al Capone, uh, 10 years after he was in uh, Alcatraz, starring Tom Hardy. So I think it's working out for him. That's probably going to do okay. It's probably, I mean, because he has Tom Hardy. It's going to do great. Uh, Tom Hardy will sell tickets no matter what. Yeah. And Tom Tom Hardy as Al Capone is definitely going to sell. Oh, yeah. Fucking tickets. So... Um, so, so it worked out for him, but that's the kind of thing where it's just like, you know what? It's it's risky. It is risky, and you're not gonna you you, you may find some people that are just like, uh, I'm not gonna give you a big budget movie if you haven't done something that's commercial first. Yeah, and I think also um, 
you know, there's certain genres I think that are easier to make a quote unquote commercial mm-hmm. project for mm-hmm. a first feature. Something like a comedy. Uh, yes, seems easier to me yeah. only because there's a lot of like recognizable comedy people who you could yeah. probably get for a movie who are still who want to be actors but they got their start in comedy. Yeah, and and they're great and they're hilarious and they'd be awesome in a movie and uh they're just, you know, recognizable enough where someone can be like, "Oh yeah, that's a person. That's a real movie." <laughs> it's a person. That's somebody. Yeah. I believe that person exists. You yeah, I mean, I mean I, yeah, no, I'm totally like, with you like, on that. From all those ensemble TV shows, you know, like Parks and I mean, Rec or um, the office and they, people can still freaking get SNL people that just want to be in a movie. People. You know, yeah, totally. it's like it's so, and that'll help with the commercial success of it. If you know, you get a name that may not be a you know big movie star person, but is known in the comedy world. Yeah, and that would help you. And, yeah. Now and, that being said, comedy is probably one of the worst <sighs> genres to do when it comes to international. Just because oh, jokes don't just, translate, it doesn't translate very well. Jokes do not translate at all. It's tough. I mean, physical comedy kind of works. It just depends, you know. Yeah, so. it's it's tough. Um, and again, but at the same time, comedies don't take don't have that huge of a budget because right. they budget. you know they don't have the special effects, they don't have the you know action sequences and all that. Right. Um, and so. You don't need to really kill it in the international market for it to be profitable, quote unquote, profitable. Um, yeah. But it'd be nice. They yeah. always want to get that international market, but totally. not many people are going to be like, "Hey, this killed this joke killed in the U.S. It's probably going to kill in China too." Yeah, yeah. The other, I guess, positive, maybe depending on how you look at it, is um, that commercial movies aren't festival dependent. Yes. So you don't have to go through the process of having a festival circuit and like. Spending like what could be a year doing that before you can, you know, send it out for distribution and yeah. try to make money with it. Um, I honestly think that I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before. Our friends over at Five Second Films went to college with those guys. They made a movie called Dude Bro Party Massacre Three. There's yeah. no way that movie could have been made um, uh, by investors other than Kickstarter. It just like yeah. they that was like the the main artistic and cool thing. It is a weird movie. It is fantastic. Yeah. And if you're not fans of theirs, you may not get it. Um, but you know they and they did the festival circuit and all that, and they're still trying to eke out money. Yeah. But they all are like, hey, we shot a movie. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking about like festival circuit because we saw it at the L.A. Film Festival. We did. Um, and I mean, it's it's still playing. I mean, it was playing yeah. at. Um, what was it? The new art? The new art, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people still like it. It, it was like an instant cult. Yeah. Classic. Oh, God, it's great. It, I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, watch it. Um, I think it's on Sh- Shutter now. It was Somebody on pit, Showtime. Yeah, it was on Showtime. There you go. I don't know if it still is. Yeah. I mean, definitely check it out. But like, that's one of those things where, it, going back to the artistic and cool, that was like their passion project. It's super weird. Super awesome. Yeah. Uh, a guy turns into a bag of oranges. I mean, yep. like that's the kind of that's stuff. That's true. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like the flip side of that is that they had to go to festivals and all that to get like, you know, they, they were flying all over the place to make appearances so that people, fans would come and watch and buy tickets to watch their movie. If it's a commercial movie, you don't have to do that. You may have to do some press junkets, but you're not having to like pay to get into festivals. You're not having to worry, see, you know, hope you win so you can get those laurels on the poster. Yep. That's Um, true. 
you know, me and Alex for one year ran a film festival, and the people would just put it in because it's like if I can get those laurels, it kind of legitimizes my film. Yeah. And they go crazy for them. And it really does. I mean, from working in distribution, the independent movies that don't have the people, like the name stars in them, mm-hmm. if they do have, you know, impressive laurels, that's worth a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, they'll, they love to put that shit on the, on the freaking poster in the DVD. Yeah. And push it out to people on that. Yeah. So what, so now that we've kind of discussed it. Yeah. What is your thought? Like, if you were to say, I'm going to go out and start making a movie tomorrow. Yeah. Would you... Yeah. What would you do? A hybrid or one or the other? I would try... You know, it's actually funny. I mean, obviously, everyone would love to get funding and all that. But I actually tried first for a hybrid, then for artistic and cool, and then last commercial. Just mine. Yeah. Hybrid, just because you want to make a profit... But I would do a Mandy. I would do something that's really weird, but it was shot for, like, uh, I would say a lot of the budget went to uh, production design. Production design and talent. And talent. Um, But the only really name, no face in there is uh, is Nick Cage. Yeah. Um, And so you pay him, and then everyone else isn't as expensive, and it was profitable. I'm I'm sure it was profitable. I mean, it, it got so much press. Yeah. Um, but it was very stylized and uh, the director because he also did Beyond the Black Rainbow which me and Alex saw and he had a that's Q&A more, with him that's more like the perfect example that's, of just like an artistic that movie is a that, perfect example of art so it's like he started with artistic yeah. and then he did the same style with Mandy commercial I don't know if I could ever see that guy going to co- full commercial that just doesn't seem to be it'd be kind of cool yeah but I would definitely go for like a hybrid um, but more so Commercial and profit will be, be, be probably at the bottom of my list for the first film. Yeah. I mean, we all need to make a living, and we all want to make a living doing film. Yeah. But I want to make fun shit. I want to make shit that we yeah, like. That's true. Me too. I think uh, similar to our last episode where we talked about shorts versus features, mm-hmm. my opinion changed about this <laughs> dramatically because I used to be all about features only. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you waste your time and money doing a short when you could Idiot. make a feature? Yeah. Um, and then changed my mind about that. Yeah. And I used to be all about making the commercial project because, like, why would you make spend all this time and money making a movie if you don't think it's going to make money? Uh, but to be honest, now now that I'm uh, older, maybe wiser? wiser? Maybe, I don't know. Uh, wiser question mark? Yeah, there we go. Question Probably mark and wiser. Probably not wiser. Yeah, no. Um, to me... It's more important to um, make something that I want to make because, and and that doesn't happen to be like an action movie or like commercial stuff, mm-hmm. um, but it's important because as you get older, I feel like you realize um, there's a lot of stuff that you don't really want to do. Yeah, I, you know? I'm with you on that. I don't... And, and, yeah. and there's one thing like... If if someone paid me to make like, I don't know, Lethal Weapon five or yeah. whatever, I mean I love Lethal Weapon, right? I would totally make it. Yeah. But um, it's not necessarily like the type of or like if someone paid me to make like CSI, Oof. you know, or like or yeah. like kind of like a, a network TV show that's pretty like standard. Yeah, that's tough. 
and it's very rigid. Like you have to stay within their style. I would yeah. totally do it, right? Because yeah, I want to be directing. I want to be like, yeah, you know, shooting stuff. Um, yep, for a living. So obviously, I would do it. But it's not really what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. Like if I had to do that forever, yeah, I would be a little bit disheartened you know there's there's very few duplices out there who can do their life and make a living and be very successful at being completely like independent and do their their yeah. own thing yeah. um but even then they still did togetherness isn't completely into it's not like a it's it's i mean i love togetherness thought yeah. it was a, a travesty that was canceled but it was, it's a cookie cutter show. I mean, not a cookie cutter, but you know, it's it's not a. It's like a standard, it's a standard uh, relationship HBO, yeah, drama. Relationship drama, great acting, great writing, great directing. Um, but that's 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 kind of what I want to do. I want to do the whole. I want to do my own thing, and I'll also do the the commercial stuff to get paid. Um, yeah. Because I'm not going to turn down. Like me and Alex have always talked about this. If I think I've asked you, I, I don't know how many times. It's like, hey, if anyone ever, if someone came up to you and offered you a Marvel movie, would you do it? Yeah, and we both looked at each other and were like, "Yeah, hell yeah, we probably would." Now the Duplass brothers said they wouldn't. I know, but and that's a that's a luxury to be able to turn that down oh, because yeah, it's like sure. it's like, oh well, you don't need that, you know, that now, franchise. I would be somewhat reluctant. I will say that only yes. only because I feel like there's so many other people like way more appropriate than me. Yeah. Like I don't care about Marvel stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. Guys. I really don't. Like, if it was an X-Men movie, like, man, Logan was so good, you know? <sighs> and I grew up watching X-Men and reading X-Men and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so that's, like, the one. But if it was any other one, I probably wouldn't even know anything about it, A. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then, B, there's probably a dozen or more people out there that know all about it that would be just as qualified as okay but so is there a franchise that somebody would come to you and be like hey i want you to do this that you wouldn't even hesitate you'd be like i'm doing this this is yeah it's not a franchise but maybe a remake howard the duck no oh uh i haven't seen it um uh what what hudson hawk read my mind nope (laughs) nope do it what else hit me with it uh is it a horror one more try is it a horror no no is it a big blockbuster movie Mm, no. No? Oh, I'm not going to get it, probably. Um, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, I was just looking at that the other day. That's a good one. <laughs> so that's good. That's a good one. I would totally God, remake that's that. that's a good one. I would, oh, see, but that's such a classic. I'd be scared. Because at the same time. It's a cult classic, but. but um, I would totally be down for doing Romancing the Stone. I would be, like, oh you're doing gosh, that. Can you yeah, imagine doing that totally. one? So good. But see, that's the thing. It's like. I don't think you have to pigeonhole yourself into like, I only want to make creative stuff. The, the, like, never turn down a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we all want to make, like, you know, we all love to make a movie that makes $150 million at the block office. That'd be great. You know, on a $20 million budget, that'd be great. But you know what? We're all creative people. And so I think you got to just be like, you know what? You got to be able to balance it. Yeah. Because um, I think Drive, I mean, that was an artistic movie. I'm going to look at Box Office Mojo here. Um, I think Drive. Drive. Let's see what we got here. Drive. You know what else? Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. I'd take that. So um, Drive was a budget of $11 million. No, not $11 million. That's the opening weekend. I don't know if it's going to give me the budget of it. I don't know. But it made, foreign and domestic, it made $76 million, which I guarantee you it was not made for $76 million. Yeah, there's no way. So, I mean, that is, oh, there it is, $15 million. So it made... Sixty million dollars, which yeah. is nothing to, to frown about. 
And yeah. that's kind of like that's kind well, of like the for Gosling, you mean? No, it didn't make that probably. Well, yes, that, yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah. like the 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 gross was the gross yeah. seventy six million. So I think I think that's kind of where I want to live. Like if I had to, like live in that area of like you know making three four times the budget back and but getting to do what you want to do. Yeah, because. That's the, the you're gonna burn out if you keep. The, the, I mean, Nicholas Winding slash Winding Refn has it made. I uh-huh. mean, and he started with like Valhalla Rising. I know. Um, and and then did like Bronson. Yeah, and all that. I mean, this is funny because I talk a big game, and if we revisit this podcast. Um, 10 years from now when all podcasts are up in the cloud and like, you know, we have weird ways of listening to them and we have to go back in the archives because technology yeah. has advanced so fast. Um, we could, we, we, I might laugh at myself uh, how my thinking is, but I remember John Turtletop came to USC. I think we, did we, did you come with me and saw a national treasure too? No. Okay. Maybe it was Jen. But it was a national treasure. <laughs> wasn't it? I just went to see it because whatever. It was a free movie at USC. Sure. And he, people were talking about like, hey, you know, how, you know, how do you stay motivated during a film? And he said, you know, there were some mornings when he'd wake up and he'd be like, I don't fucking want to go to set today. Sure. I do not. But you know what? They're paying me a lot of money to go. So I guess I have to go. I don't think I ever want to get to the point where it's just like, I don't want to, like, I may wake up and be like, man, I'm fucking tired. I'm so tired. But I don't want to wake up where I'm like, I have to do this, you know, yeah. back and forth dialogue scene that is boring as all hell for this, you know, this uh, drama about a <laughs> mother and a daughter. Like, I, like, it has to be more compelling to me than that. Yeah. It can't well, be just the other be like, thing, I want, they're paying me a lot of money, so I got to do it. The other thing that um, I wonder mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Is um, well, hmm? it's like I don't know. I forget. Never mind. <laughs> Pass. Pass. <laughs> Come what back you, to me. What are you Bzz. leaning for? Bzz. What are you leaning towards? Well, definitely artistic and cool. I probably wouldn't yeah. even go for hybrid. Really? Not on a first feature. Okay, I thought you meant like just like career wise. First feature, I'd probably go artistic and cool. Just because budget wise and also the freedom to do what you want, like it's, I think your first feature is the probably the first, the only time you're for sure gonna be able to do what you want, right? Yeah. Um, if not, then then you're screwed. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's, there it goes. It's, got um, him. I got him. <laughs> I, I have I the brain struggle. Juice. I struggle with the idea of um, shooting other people's things. Yeah. Only because, like you said, if it's like a, a dialogue scene that's very boring, like. Yeah, I shouldn't think it's boring if I wrote it. You yeah, know, it's my exactly. idea. Uh, but if if someone else wrote it and it's like a studio project and uh-huh. they want me to make this movie, and I'm not super into it, yeah. like I dread that. Yeah, I, I could do I could do something like John Krasinski did in uh, um, Quiet Place, where he didn't write the story, but then he took it over and added some things and all that, and had the freedom to change yeah. things on set. I could do that because if I thought it was boring on set, I probably would think it would be boring on screen. That's so true. I had the power to be like, change things or like change the composition of the set or, or the uh, shot or the scene and like make it a little different, but with the same dialogue and still giving the same story, uh, moving the plot forward the same way. I'd probably be down for that. That's true. Yeah. If there, if you have a little bit more yeah, um, input in that, in that regard, I always think of Kevin Smith cause th- he was kind of like my idol growing up. 
Um, yeah, of course he was. Yeah, because he was so much fatter than I was, and I was like, oh my God, if I could just be that fat. Now dude's skinnier than me, and I don't know what's going on with my life. <laughs> um, God. Um, but it was kind of the thing where he did all these independent films. He was doing fine. Uh, you know, he, he was writing comic books and all that stuff. And then he did... Um, God, what is that movie he did that was the... Clerks. Um, no. <laughs> Clerks 2. Uh, uh, Clerks it was, 3? <laughs> that's it. Red Clerks State? Two. Nope. Here it goes. Oh. Here it goes. Here it goes. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, my God. He has so many freaking movies. Um, Tusk. Cop Out. He did Cop Out with uh, Tracy Morgan oh, yeah. and Bruce Willis. He did that one? He did that one. He was hired... To do a studio picture. Yeah. And he did not write it. And he had always only done his stuff that he wrote. Yeah. And it was, it was, it bombed. And he said he didn't enjoy it, partially because Bruce Willis was kind of a dick. Um, yeah. And that's kind of like I always look to. It's like he did the movies he wanted to do, and then he did a studio picture for a high budget, and it just wasn't enjoyable for him and all that stuff. That's what I'm saying is like, I, I don't know. It'd be tough if like I didn't really connect with it immediately. Yeah, if it, if it wasn't, and it'd be really hard to turn it down if I didn't I connect with it immediately. But I was getting ton ton of cash. Like if you got a, two million dollars to shoot a movie that you didn't really believe in, I'd Whew. be like, I'd be like, I really believe in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> this movie's. Great. I am your man for this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think John Krasinski struck gold because I would have totally shot a Quiet Place. That was awesome. Yeah, it's great. And like, if he was a, like, even if he wasn't able to change the story i think there was enough in the story that i would have been like yep this is it yeah yeah i'm, I'm cool what if you what if someone came to you and said i want you uh to direct mama mia 3 oh <laughs> for god. for three million dollars oh god well here's the thing one am i in the position where i've done movies like like it's not like it's it's not like i'm like we're here right now and doing it like i've done movies before and i have a career no, no. You've done one movie before. Oh God, you asshole! You did one movie before, and it was it was not a comedic <laughs> musical romp. <laughs> you know what? Here's actually here's actually why I probably I. Oh, it's tough. It really is tough when you're faced with the money. Here's here's what I would actually I probably would turn it down. Yeah, me too. Not not because oh it's Mamma Mia, but because. Career wise, like if somebody approached me, then that means that like my name's out there and people respect me as a director. Um, and I don't think I'd be able to do it in a good enough service that I feel that I would actually hurt my chances for other jobs. Like I think I would like. Well, yeah, that's I, exactly what I would yeah. say. Like I am not the person for this. Yeah, I don't know why I, you're even talking. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't. I'm not this, and I think by doing this, I'm doing a disservice to not only the movie and all those middle-aged women out there who find this movie amazing, <laughs> but also to my career. Like I think I'm going to be like people are going to be like, we're not going to hire Trevor L. Nelson. Did you see that freaking Mama Money Three? That was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was dancing and singing together. The choreography was the worst thing I've ever seen, and they didn't even use any songs from ABBA. Yeah, and they were in Italy because he yeah. thought it was an Italian movie. <laughs> Mama Mia Pizza Pie. <laughs> ABBA Swedish. What? What is this? <laughs> this guy is so off base with his movie. So yeah, I'd probably actually turn that down. Um, uh, I probably would turn down the three million. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it came to that, they probably have already like other people are asking for me to direct something that's a little more in my wheelhouse. But I probably would yeah. turn it down. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, All right. I think we talked long enough. Yeah, I think we've done. All it. right. So uh, yeah, let's uh, 
Let's uh, move on to what's cool. So what do you got, Alex? What do you got? What's cool? Well, we updated our hives. Yes, we well, just Trevor, did. Well, Trevor updated them yeah, I did over one. on the Mac, because yep. you have to do it on the Mac. Uh, no, it just the, the, the updating program didn't work on, on the PC. It just dies. <laughs> okay, so you have to do it on the Mac. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he updated the hives. I hate to admit that. Now they have effects, yep. which is cool. We yep. saw this, like, the cop light and the strobe light. And Fireworks stuff. and, fire and uh, candlelight and all that. That's pretty cool. Yep. And then um, they have different sources that you can match. Yep, like uh, Christmas lights, red traffic light, candlelight, gas lamp, blowtorch. Not not really moving light, just like the the color, temperature, and intensity of those objects. Um, yeah. Hydrogens, all that. Yep. And then they have three white light curve profiles. Yeah. So they're really cool. Photo, cinema, yep. broadcast. Bam. Uh, really cool. Uh, thanks, Hive, for putting that out there. Uh, big fan. Um Really, big fan. really like it. We've been waiting for a while, and they finally delivered, and it was awesome. And a big fan of them. Totally. totally. Um, yeah. What and, else is cool, Trevor? Uh, so I don't know if this is cool or not, but Movie Pass is coming back strong in 2019. Yeah. Um, they're still um, up to their shenanigans. They still are. It's still three movies a month, uh, and depending on what you like, depending on the price level, it's either three movies with a limited selection of movies, three movies, any movies you want. And then like the, three movies with one of them being a, prim, a premium premium movie and like a yeah and all that and it's still more expensive than Cinemia uh, Cinemia, which I like better because yeah. there's no restrictions. I know the only thing about Cinemia that's kind of shades is the fee for online ticketing. Yeah, I mean it's like a dollar, but still yeah. every time you go see a movie, you got to pay an extra dollar unless you get it at the theater. Right. Yeah. Which you have to then pay for a card. I think yeah. It's it's I don't know. yeah, it's kinda shady. It's kooky. Yeah. Um there's also the AMC A list or whatever. Yeah. That is not great for Trevor because he's got no AMCs. Nope. I'm not driving anymore. I movie. got I got two AMCs within walking distance. Yeah. Not bad, but the wife likes Arclight, which you can go see on Cinemia. Yeah, and uh I have a Regal downtown and if I'm not out of downtown uh, soon, uh, Alamo Draft House is opening downtown, and yeah. that is Cinemia, and that is awesome. So, yeah. Cinemia it is for me right now. Uh, Movie Pass, AMC, those are kind of meh. I did like Movie Pass when I did. when the getting was good. When the getting was good, and you could see a movie a day. Oh my god, I saw so many movies. Great. I saw so many movies. It was fantastic. But uh, yeah, they're still trying to stay afloat. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what else you got, Alex? Let's see. I saw the babysitter mount. Oh, babysitter mount. It's from Matthews. Okay. Uh, it's basically like a, a a pigeon plate on a special kind of pancake uh, apple box okay. that has like little inset cutouts and spring action. So you take like the pigeon plate and actually kind of like jam it into this thing, so it's like secured on there without nice. any like nails nice. or screws yeah which is cool um because uh the beaver boards which is what they're called when you have a pigeon plate attached to a pancake man listen to all um, you guys are getting the, all the lingo Jeez, all the lingo like crazy. yeah i feel like beaver board is like a a not pc term i always uh, i think it's fine no it's i fine. think people really really are opposed to that yeah why well um, I always thought that it was called a beaver board because it looks like a beaver tail. Yeah. Nope. Really? Yeah. 
Are you talking about the other beaver? Yeah, because it's on the ground light, throwing light up at the beeves. No. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I'm no- Jeez, I don't know. Kyle, I don't know. These, these are things I hear. Effort. Anyway, <sighs> so you basically you make a beaver board uh, with without the the screws and the nails, so you can actually pull it apart because they're really hard to sort of transport because they're awkward. Yeah, they have the the pin sticking out, mm-hmm. so you can't lay them flat. Yep, and you can't stack them. Yep, but this way you can stack uh, all the the babysitter boards, boards. or whatever. Yeah, um, and you have your um, nail-ons. You know, somewhere else. Somewhere else, and then in, in a crate or something. Yeah, take them off and as you please. Yeah. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, I got the uh, the new DSMC2 Dragon X 5K S35 entry level camera. Um, now this is like their so they've kind of Red is kind of like streamlined their whole camera system where there's they're not having all these different freaking cameras. They have the Monstro 8 uh, 8K. The Gemini 5K, and the Gemini, I think, is the one that has the dual ISO. Right. The Helium, uh, I think, is an 8K as well. Yeah. And then the Dragon X is this 5K camera. Um, it's, now, now, tell me this. Yeah. Am I right about this? Because like mm-hmm. you said, they used to have all these different cameras. Yeah. It's all the same body, right? They just have different sensors now. Yep. Okay. So they, 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 I think, if I remember correctly, yeah, the, the, they all look the same. Yeah. But they just have different sensors in there. And which, is, which makes so much sense. So right? much more sense. It's like <laughs> it makes so much more sense in terms of their manufacturing. Yeah. Make one body, throw a different sensor in there, you're you're, you're cutting costs. Yeah. Put those dies away for the other cameras yeah, and exactly. all that. Um so a lot of people be like, "Well, why don't you just get an older dragon?" Yeah, that's fine, but they did this new IPP2, which is their like image processing pipeline, so it's like a new uh interface, new controls and cleaner image with better low light capability, so it's a better camera than the older dragons. So yeah. it is worth the upgrade. But they call this the entry level because it is only $19,500 for a package that includes a 480 gigabyte red mini mag. Okay. Canon lens mount. Not bad. A monitor. Good. A handle. Wow. Uh, the V-Lock I, uh, IO expander. Okay. Two uh, batteries. Nice. Really? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. The mini mag reader. A Sigma 18 to 35 millimeter lens. Okay. Wow. And a heavy duty camera case. Um, so it's well, not bad. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah, they're they're definitely competing in like the C three hundred Mark II FS seven range. Yeah, I mean, they said that they they did a comparison like Canon C three hundred camera kit with a Zakuda Z Finder is ten thousand. Yeah, um, Blackmagic Ursa Mini Pro is six thousand. The Sony A seven S three is two thousand. GH five is fourteen hundred. So it's like. You know, giving to you, but like if you look at the Canon C3 with the Zakuda Z Finder, the 1099, this is only 1950, 19,500. You know, you get a lot more, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that, that they just started releasing that and started talking about that. So that's pretty cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, guys, yay, doing, doing stuff, <laughs> doing stuff. Uh, let's see, well, we got the Kessler Lamprey, yeah, which is kind of cool, it's like a big suction. Yep. Cup with a special cheese plate on top yep. that you can do all sorts of different configurations with. Um, and it's kind of cool. I mean, we have something very similar. Uh, yeah. That was an old, it was called like a Matthew Super Grip mm-hmm. back in the day. And it's like a 10-inch suction yep. cup. And this one is... 200-pound um, rating. 200-pound rating. 
Um, and it also says eight inch suction cup. Eight inch suction cup. It also says the suction cup is is designed so it could be used on a lot of other things, not just cars, like windows, tabletops, all stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the cheese plate. It's interesting. I mean, if you look at it, it looks unique. I kind of want to know why they did it this way. It almost looks like it has two handles built in um, on either side that you can grip it with. And then it's almost like indented on the other two sides. And I don't know why. Do you know why? No, I'm not I'm not completely sure why it's indented on the other two sides. Um, I don't think they really have a reason for it. Maybe just because it looks cool. Maybe it just looks cool. <laughs> that could be it. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty nice. I like it. And it's only $274, which is not bad. Yeah, it could I be like- for a maybe better grip. So you can kind yeah. of like put your you know hands on it. Oh yeah, yeah. With all these things, so even with ours, like it's a little worrisome. I never like <sighs> having. I just, I never like just having one mount. You it scares know? me so much. You want like multiple points. You want like safeties and different things. So to me, this is not like a you buy this and then you're done buying things type yeah. of thing. Yeah, 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 definitely. But but really cool nonetheless, and for two fifty, cool. not, not bad, not bad, not bad. And then the other thing that's what's cool is um, I've not seen this movie yet. Alex has, and he says he's not. It wasn't that great. Yeah, it's the possession of Hannah Grace. Yep, I saw it, and uh, not that great. <laughs> How did it look? Um, it looked fine. Okay, that's all. That's yeah. all we need. It looked fine. It looked and like a movie. Yeah, and the reason. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. The reason why we I'm so concerned about how it looked is it was shot entirely on the A7S two. Yeah. Now, with anamorphic yeah, lenses. Yeah, there you go. That's the kicker. It had anamorphic lenses. So it had a huge like build out on it. Um anamorphic lenses, you know, recorders, monitors, shit like that, cages and all that. But it still wasn't A7S. Um and you know, if you you're going to get if you want anamorphic lenses anyway, well it'd be great to know that you don't have to then rent an expensive camera to use with anamorphic lenses to make it look good. And so they did. They yeah, didn't I do mean, it. To me that just goes to show Yeah. that I mean, the camera... It's more the lenses? It's more the lenses, but also, um, like, these cameras are so good yeah, nowadays. They are. They really are. You just... It's almost like you don't necessarily need a RED or an Alexa or whatever, you know? It's yeah. like... You don't. Especially with the power of, like, post-production image, like, manipulation. You really don't. Yeah. I think we just talked on the last podcast how there's a there's a a LUT for the GH5S that yep. makes it look like an Alexa. Yeah. You don't really need the Alexa. You don't really need a lot. I mean it's it's, it's and it's even it's just going to get better. That's the <sighs> thing. The crazy thing about the, we always talk about this, the mm-hmm. camera biz and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They're always up in their game and coming out with new stuff. Like Red is the worst at it. Like they it's <sighs> like, "Oh, Here's our Dragon 4K. And then they're like, okay, guys, here's the Dragon X5K. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, guys, here's the 8K. And then we have the 6.5K. And then and not only that, but then they also like, and this requires a new accessory package that it only uses with this. And it's like, yeah. it's just bonkers, right? You guys so are the then, worst. and then you. it's the same exact thing, really, with, yep. with like the um, AS7s and whatnot, because they do it too, where they're like, okay, 
here's the here's the a7s and it's real cool and you're like awesome i got that and then they're like but guess what Um, (laughs) it's a year later surprise surprise and we came out with the a7s2 and you're like oh what does it do and you're like oh it has a cool level thing and then and then it does a few other things you're like oh man that's nice super cool that's really cool and then you're like i don't don't know if i need that (laughs) but then they're like i'm gonna come out with the a7s3 and you're like it's so good. It's oh, so God. good. Take all my money. I have. I still haven't paid off the loan that I did for the A7S2. I know. And the thing is, like, these companies, like, they're never going to make it. They're never going to, probably. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they're probably never going to make them, um, you know, the same exact specs or, like, as mm-hmm. good a specs as their biggest. Because all these companies, they, they, they make both. Yeah. You know, Sony makes... Uh, the the DSLRs and the cinema yeah. cameras, so they're yeah. not going to like price themselves out of their cinema camera range. Like yeah. that'd be stupid of them. Well, it's that it's that whole thing about where uh, a company found out that what was it the F the F five F five you just change one line of code in the F five and it would unlock it to to basically be not basically but exactly be, be an F fifty five F fifty five which the price difference was a couple ten thousand. No, it was, okay. So I think the F five was in the like twenty thousand range. Yeah. And F55 was in like the 65,000 range. So, you, so one line of code, because the sensors are exactly the same. The bodies are exactly the same. Yeah. One line of code saved you $45,000. Yeah. And that's just, that's just ridiculous. It's crazy. So stupid. It's like, well, I mean, it's smart on their end because they only have yeah. to manufacture one camera. Yeah. Um, it's like Tesla. All the Tesla models are the exact same. It's just a software thing that limits how much range you have on your battery. Right. I mean, that's why when there's like an emergency, Elon Musk is able to unlock those cars and give them longer range because yeah. it's it's make from a manufacturer's standpoint it makes sense, which is why it makes sense that Red is making all their cameras look the same now yeah. and just putting different sensors. And um, the, but the cool well, and wh- I wonder if eventually they're just going to make them all with the same sensor as well. Yeah, and, and then just, just software. It. Yeah, and then there'll be somebody who hacks it, and then we'll yeah. all be happy. But the other thing is, you know. It's almost a good thing that camera companies are going crazy and like they're doing the 8Ks and yeah. the craziness because then their more prosumer stuff like the DSLRs will actually be up to a certain level, which they are. They're yeah. up to that level already yeah. where they do RAW. Yeah. They do 4K. Yeah. Um, 422 probably. probably. I don't think they got any of those DSLRs that do 444. Well, eventually they will. They will probably. Be. Yeah, they will. Um, I mean, the GH5 has BNC out and a DSLR. Yeah, but it's not for video. I think it is, because we were looking at that for the studio. I think it is video out on the BNC. I don't think it is. I think it's, um, I think it's some kind of weird... Oh, what is it for? I forget. But I don't think that's what it's for. Mm. But you can get a special um, accessory for it. The TC in-out BNC conversion cable for the GH5S connects the camera to an external recording device, so it does do video out. But it's a time code? And also time code. And okay. synchronizes the time code. Yep. Right. Well, there you go. Boom. <laughs> now I want the G5S but, even more. No, you can't. It's not. I don't think so. Okay, fine. I don't think so, because you would have to have like four, four of them to actually go out to... A- no, new BNC will take them all. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. New BNC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New BNC will take the 4K out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty damn sure about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now we're talking. Yep, yep, yep. I, I'm pretty damn sure. I could be wrong if I am. Uh, join Fearless Filmmakers and tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Nailed it. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm thinking that 
I think they it does. I think the brand new BNC. All right. Yeah, I, I need, believe you. You don't need the 4K. I believe <laughs> you don't need the four, four for 4K. Um, so. All right. Well, how long was that episode? Well, what are we up to? Well, I'm at like a, an hour 24. Damn. But that's with some pre-roll. Damn, but still. I know. And that's one of our longer episodes recently. All right. And that's what happens when we drink. It is. All right. Close us out. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can get the show notes by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 33 or fearlessfilmmakers.com. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. And don't forget to hop over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast while you are there. Give us a five-star rating if you feel so, 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 so inclined. And if you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section uh, or on fearlessfilmmaker.com. It's free. <laughs> it's free. And we'll try to answer them to the best of our knowledge. And also, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at Cinema Summit. We've been really bad at posting there. Really We're going to get back to it. I'm, I'm going to take a picture of this fireplace so you guys can all see it. Yep. All right. That'll, that'll do, do it, it for this, guys. We'll see you next time. Later. Bye.